0: second chapter feel like God's already worked in a great way yes, sir. and appreciate everybody just obeying God letting God work letting God fill you up yes. and uh, renew yes. you praise the Lord it's just so great to see everybody in the house of the Lord first Corinthians 2 got a little Bible study here tonight and I'm I love the word of God Amen. hallelujah And I want to talk about God's presence, God's spirit among us. Amen. I want to take a scripture here from 1 Corinthians 2. Praise the Lord. Let's just go ahead and pray. Father, we love you. Thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence here tonight, Lord. Thank you for the power that we feel in this house, God. Thank you for brothers and sisters that are hungry for more of you, God. And Lord, thank you for victory over every enemy, God. Thank you for breaking every chain, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that you'll give us an ear to hear what your spirit would say to us, God. Feed us tonight. Direct us tonight, Lord. God, bind every power that would try to distract us tonight. And God, just have your way. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. Yes. I want to read verse 9 and then you can be seated from 1 Corinthians 2. But as it is written, I have not seen. Your eyes have never seen it. All right. Nor ear heard. Neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. God bless you. You can be seated. I'm going to take two verses today. And I want to take this one here that you many times I have heard it used. Probably the vast majority of times I've heard this quoted. People are talking about heaven. What how beautiful heaven must be. Oh, and I love talking about heaven and we might do a little bit of that tonight. That's not what this verse is talking about. And later on, if God will give us time, I want to talk. Look at a verse. Praise God that I don't think I've ever heard anybody look at and say, hey, that's talking about heaven. But it is. So let's take our time here and back up to verse one of first Corinthians two. Paul is talking to a church. Now, remember, he is addressing a church Man, they're struggling. They have problems with immaturity, problems with infighting, trying to, you know, looking at one another and trying to compare themselves to one another. They can't just go ahead and get along and get it together and fight the devil. And Paul tells them, you're still babes. You need to grow up and get to get to fighting the devil. Amen. He says, I, brethren, when I came to you, Came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom. Paul was a learned man, wasn't he? He was a man that knew the law, knew the scriptures, had an experience with God like like few others that we have ever heard. Amen. But he comes humble, telling them, it's not about this vessel. It's not about the preacher. It's not about the teacher. Amen. He said, I didn't come to you trying to wow you with big $5 words. I didn't come to you with excellency of speech or of, of, of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. Listen to this: something was going on. There was a a purpose in Paul. This didn't just happen. He wasn't just winging it. He said, "I determined. I made up my mind." I believe he prayed it ahead of time, and, and, and he, he he looked at his his abilities. He said, "I determined." that I wasn't going to bring any of that to you, but I determined not to know anything among you save or accept Jesus Christ and him crucified. All I want to do is point to Jesus. Amen. All I want to do is show you him and his testimony. Amen. Now, look at this. He is. He's telling on himself. He's not trying to get everybody to admire him. He said, I, I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. I think so often we have come to a place where God's spirit can't move because we are more concerned about entertainment value than anointing. We're too much interested in something that can, can uh, wow us in the flesh rather than move us in the Spirit. I am fearful for a generation that is so shallow in their ability to touch God that they cannot be moved by the Spirit of God. That the Word of God that would come forth, that would cause our hearts to tremble, cause tears to come to our eyes. Amen cause us to, to to examine ourselves and that we could say Lord I I, I want to know you I want to draw near to you and and Paul said it's not about the the vessel that's bringing the Word of God I was just I was in weakness I I, I was going through some things when when I was there with you and and I didn't try to 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 Cover that up and be something I wasn't. What I wanted to do was show you Jesus Christ and him crucified. He said, my speech, verse four, and my preaching was not enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power. Oh, that's what we're feeling in the service tonight. That's what we need more than anything. I'm telling you, there's a lot of different things I see. In. So-called preachers that can move a crowd. Techniques. Things that will maybe put people on the edge of their seat or cause them to to maybe because of their ability to move a crowd their charisma maybe just be able to to get people to respond in certain ways i've even heard as far as some of the larger churches get called out because they have different methods to say, well you know what we'd like people to come and 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 get to the altar and, and and come and get baptized and they'll they'll literally tell some of their own members you move up here like you want to get baptized and people will follow because that's a kind of a cue to them when it's just fake and phony they're they're already members of the church and and techniques like that and many more that I could tell you about are, are are working so so much in the land today but what about just the power of God being able to follow people where they can come under the the conviction of God come under the inspiration of the spirit of God and that God can move them to move people if he wanted to but he said i determined not to do any of that i just want the power of god to work in our lives hallelujah well praise god he says that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men but in the power of god verse six how be it he's very careful to choose his words because he's saying i didn't come to you in so much carnal wisdom, being able to tell you great stories and and uh, uh, just put together great words in a so way. But there is wisdom. God help us to have wisdom. You know, a lot of folks don't realize if you read your Bible, how much value is put on wisdom. What does that mean? That means being able to take the word of God and apply it to my life today. What you're doing here in this year, 2023, and taking the words of the word of God ignited by the spirit of God and bringing into our generation, into our homes, on our jobs, amen, in our friendships and every bit of that having wisdom. And Paul said, I didn't come to you with earthly wisdom, but I did speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory which none of the princes of this world knew for if they had known for had they known it they would have not crucified the lord of glory all their princes all the great men of renown that lined up and said crucify him all those in the roman government that said, that led the way to the crucifixion they had all the wisdom of the world all the philosophies down but they still didn't recognize god manifested in the flesh But he said, We have wisdom. We have heavenly wisdom, wisdom that has been hidden from the world, but revealed unto us. Look what it says. But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have it entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him, but God hath revealed them to us. How? By his spirit. This kind of worship, this kind of praise, this kind of Holy Ghost experience, this kind of forgiveness of our sins that God's spirit can fill us and overwhelm us and that we can know him like we do today. I have not seen and I tell you on the generations that have gone on before this, even in the Old Testament, they could not imagine what God was getting ready to do to rip the veil in the temple from the top to the bottom so that we could come boldly into the presence of of God. And not only that, that we could be called the very temple of God. As many people are saying, oh, I, I wonder about heaven and, and uh, nobody has ever seen nobody has. It's not even entered into our hearts how great it could be. Oh, thank God for heaven. But he's talking about what God has for us as we walk in his spirit. God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit for the spirit searcheth all things, the deep things of God. You want to know how to live for God? You want to know how to follow God? Get in His Spirit. Walk in His Spirit. Lay aside your will and your ways and follow God. Now I, I feel so sorry for people that have this understanding that somehow, well, you know, the Spirit of God, that's kind of extra. That's a good thing. I guess some of them don't even believe that it's for today. But God says that's how we enter in to that understanding of all the great things that God has prepared for us. He has revealed them to us by His Spirit. Oh, I'm looking forward to a day when I stand before Him face to face. I'm looking forward to a day when we are, uh, this whole life is behind us and we are with Him throughout eternity. But what a beautiful thing that God has given us to know Him, to be filled with His power. We don't have to turn to it, but Ephesians, the first chapter, talks about the Spirit of God being sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance. That idea of earnest was a kind of a, 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 not only just a King James kind of word, but it was a a, a cultural word of that time that if someone was going to receive an inheritance, they would give them an earnest, they'd give them a down payment, if you would, of what was later to come. And this Spirit of God that God has blessed us with, He has filled us with, He has sealed us with, says this is just a down payment of what we're going to have in glory. The beauty of, uh, of the cleanness of His power, His Holy Ghost in us, is just a little taste of what it's going to be in heaven. Can I tell you there's another side of that coin I don't want to spend a lot of time on? But you know how the Bible says in Romans the 8th chapter that there is now therefore no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus? To those that don't walk in the flesh, but walk in the Spirit. Amen. Amen. God has a beautiful gift for his children that we don't have to feel shame or condemnation. We can have a freedom in him. We can have a liberty that is peace that passes understanding. That is joy that is full because in his presence is fullness of joy. That we can have a love that passes knowledge. And these are all just a little big taste of heaven. Oh, hallelujah. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. Oh, we're tasting it here. Oh, give him glory. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. What a day that's going to be. God bless you. This little taste of heaven. But it's just a little taste. It's just a little down payment. But like I started saying in Romans 8. There's a little taste of hell that happens in this world. All right. People that walk in condemnation. Yes. People that walk with the shame of their sins still upon them. Yes, sir. People not being able to walk in the spirit because they haven't forsaken the things of an old life and walk in newness of life. All right. It's just a little taste. It's not hell. Oh, no. Praise God. But it's a little taste of, of what's going to happen when no longer will there be mercy. No longer will you be able to feel the presence of God, even though it's not dwelling in you fully, that it's calling you and dealing with you no longer in hell. Oh, hallelujah. That's why we ought to run from the shame of sin and turn to Jesus and be filled with his spirit. This scripture, what a beautiful thing it is to know. That this carnal man, the Bible says, is not subject to the laws of God, neither indeed can be. You can't follow God in the flesh. You can't follow God. You can't be religious without the Spirit of God and really walk with God the way you need to walk with God. Amen. Because the carnal mind is not subject to the laws of God, neither indeed can be. It's enmity against. The carnal mind is enmity. It's it's in opposition to God. Everything God wants from you to do, you, it's got to be spiritually discerned. The Holy Ghost working in you is going to give you that peace and that victory and that direction that you're going to need in time of trouble. Oh, it's so much greater. So much greater. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has entered into the heart of man these things that God has prepared to them that love him. But I want to turn to 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13. So often we call this the, the love chapter. It's a lot more than just the kind of love that we talk about day by day. It's God's love. It's a love that we can only have in God, a sacrificial love. But verse 11, after it talks about how necessary love is, how without it, all your gifts are are empty and vain. But then it goes down and explains just exactly what it is. And it's not what a lot of people today are talking about love. You love me. You've got to to believe everything I'm doing is right. And you've got to legitimize my sin and make me feel comfortable in my sin. And oh, no, no, that's not what God's love is. Amen. But then it comes down here and we have a scripture that a lot of people are. Well, they know it's in there. They just don't know the context of it very much. This may seem like a very strange scripture to read to you right now, but it says In verse eight, charity never fails, never fails. Whether there be prophecies, they shall fail and whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Have you ever heard anybody say that tongues will cease? It's in the Bible. But you know what? A lot of people that quote this verse are trying to tell you it's no longer for today. That speaking in tongues has ceased for today, and it's no longer available. Can I tell you there's something going on in these verses that is so exciting to me? Praise God. Tongues will cease, the Bible says, and it's there. It's right there. At the same time, it also says, whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. So there's going to come a time when tongues will cease, prophecies will, will be done away with, and so will knowledge. Has that happened too? Is there no longer knowledge? Well, when is that going to happen? It's going to vanish away. Well, if tongues has already ceased, has knowledge already vanished away? Well, it goes on and tells us when all this is going to happen. Because it says we know in part. See, the gifts of the Spirit are God's earnest down payment. They're a little part of Heaven that's going to be that we are going to be a part of one day and all those things, all those gifts, we're not going to need them anymore. You know, healing's not mentioned here specifically, but you know, that's going to vanish too. We're not going to need the gifts of healing in heaven because we're going to have a new resurrected body. Old things are going to pass away. I'm not going to need prophecy anymore where I hear a word from the Lord because I'm going to be with him face to face. I'm going to be able to... to, Well, let's read what it says. For we know in part, we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away with. When we speak in tongues, we are... Just moving in a part of the spirit, feeling a little bit of the presence of God. But when we stand in his presence face to face, look, let's drop down a minute. Praise. Well, no, no, no. Let's read verse 11. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things. We're going to get back to this. For now, we see through a glass darkly. Does anybody feel like that sometimes? Trying to figure out what God has in store, trying to figure out what God is doing. Maybe you read the word of God and you say, God, I feel like you're trying to tell me something, but I just don't have it in focus today. Amen. But then, then face to face, there's coming a day when we're going to see Jesus, the Bible says, and be like him face to face. When that which is perfect is come, these gifts are no longer going to be necessary because now we don't need a, a down payment of glory. We're going to have the full payment of glory. Look what it says here. This is key. And this is a scripture I've heard misquoted many, many times. It says, we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part. I'm still learning. Amen. And I'm excited. I, I was telling somebody just, uh, just uh, a day or two ago about some of you that have been here just for a short period of time. And, and it's exciting because I said, you know, here they are a, a few months or a year later, more excited than ever before to be living for God. Amen. Because it keeps on getting better. You keep on learning. You keep growing. I just shared with somebody today. You know, you read a verse this week and you say, wow, I never saw that. Next year when you read it again, maybe another time or maybe another two times now, you'll say, wow, was that there and I missed it? Because it keeps growing. But he says, now I know in part, but we're learning, we're, uh, we're reaching forth. Amen. Amen. Yeah. But then when? When that which is perfect has come. Right? Right? When then I shall look what it says, then shall I know even also as I am known. See, I only know in part. Now, I've heard people quote this and say, you know what the Bible says? We will be known as we are known. So if you knew me as Melvin, you're going to say, hey, there he is. And I believe we will know each other. But that's not what this verse is saying. I can give you Bible principle that that's the case and we will still retain our identities in heaven i not going to have to say, hey, who are you? Ashley. Ashley? Really? Nah, come on. But that's not what it's talking about. It says, in that day when that which is perfect has come, I'm no longer going to know in part. It's all going to be open to me. It's going to be revealed to me. I will know as I am known. How am I known? Jesus knows how many hairs are on my head. He knows my thoughts from afar off. So then his full plan, his full glory, thank God, we will know as we are known. And in that day, listen, here's the verse about heaven that people don't see in this Bible. As awesome as speaking in tongues, the gifts of spirit, healing, miracles, deliverance, all these great things. Paul is telling the church through the Holy Ghost Those are just a down payment. Those are just a part of a whole great glorious thing that God has for us. And when he's talking about the difference between the gifts compared to what we will have in glory, he says, when I was a child, I spake as a child, understood as a child, I thought as a child. And it was awesome being a child. But look, when I became a man, I put away childish things. What he's saying here is Jesus is going to come and take us home. And the very best of what we've even experienced here tonight in the Holy Ghost, when the gifts of the Spirit are in operation, people are getting healed, people are getting filled, people are are, are speaking in tongues, that's going to seem like child's play in the presence of God. Those things will cease in the presence of God because they are like child's play. What awaits us in glory is so much better than the greatest gift that he has given us here on earth. For though I see through a glass darkly, but then face to face, I want to tell somebody here tonight the glory of his presence. The glory of his gifts and his power to worship God and feel him drawn near to you the beautiful, beautiful presence of God where you feel like you're trembling and leaping and dancing and all the same time you feel His love and you feel His cleansing power. You feel the devil being pushed back and, and defeated in your life. And all that together, I have not seen, i never imagined how good it could be living for God. Could never comprehend how wonderful it would be Being a child of the king. But oh, his greatest gifts are just little pieces of of a down payment of his love saying, Hold on, child of God. The best is yet to come. We're going to keep on growing. We're going to keep on learning. We're going to keep on fighting. We're going to keep on seeking more and more of his power. But one day when he calls our name, one day when he takes us home to be with him, Oh, hallelujah. Oh, can we just lift our hands right now and just love him? Hallelujah. This beautiful presence that we felt here tonight is just going to be a a small piece of glory. It's going to seem like child's toys in that day when we have a new life, a new resurrected body. Oh, hallelujah, you're struggling tonight, you're fighting the enemy, you're feeling like maybe pain in your body. Hold on, child of God, there's a resurrection coming. Hallelujah, you've got questions, you've got got things you don't understand, and you're reaching forward and praying for wisdom. Keep on holding on, child of God, because in that day, you'll see Him face to face. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Sister Katie, could you come, please, play something? I feel like God wants to work in this service right now in a special way. Oh, there's coming a day, there's coming a day, hallelujah, when we're going to stand before Him face to face. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, child of God, you're fighting battles Let's press forward and overcome. Hallelujah. The Bible says we're more than conquerors. Mm, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't hold back. Don't give up. Oh, we talked about it Sunday night. Don't look back like Lot's wife. Oh, Jesus.
1: Touch the Lord.
0: Oh, Jesus' name, come on. He- By the Spirit of God. They're the children of God. They're the sons and daughters of God. They that are led by His Spirit. You can live after the flesh. The Bible says you're going to die. But if you through the Spirit mortify the deeds of the body, you're going to live. Being filled is such an important part of our journey. But all oh, that we would be led his spirit Our flesh wants one way but God's spirit will lead us his way We've got to make that decision The Bible says to yield ourselves to his spirit under righteousness and crucify our will What I want to I can tell you so many times in my life I had to find a place, a Gethsemane experience where I had to battle my flesh and say, Nevertheless, not my will, not what I want, God, I want to know your will and I'm going to follow you. cause you did well because you were faithful to him oh hallelujah you see him face to face hallelujah and the greatest of all his blessings in our lives will seem so pale we stand in glory with Him. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Church, I want to see you in heaven. I can't tell you enough. My heart's desire is not that I be elevated in any way, that I can have the same testimony as Paul. I didn't come with enticing words see you in heaven that I'd see your life blessed that I'd see you overcome the devil that's fighting against you I'm praying for you I'm praying for each one of you praying for your families I know the devil's fighting we're going to have to learn how to fight back and be overcomers God will equip and enable us for everything we every battle that we must fight but keep your ears open, hear the voice of the shepherd, let Him lead you in his spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can we all stand? Father, thank you for your presence here tonight. Thank you, Lord, for what we have experienced and what we've heard, what we've felt, God. Lord, thank you for this great salvation, Lord, so great. So great, Lord God, so much greater than exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or thank God you have blessed us. But oh, what a day that will be when we see you face to face. Guide us and lead us by your Spirit, Lord. And God, continue to teach us and shine your light through us, God. To bless each one, I pray, God, keep us safe as we travel. Keep us safe throughout this week as you tarry, Lord. And God, just use us for your glory. We love you. We thank you. We Ask it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said, "Amen, amen, amen." God bless you, church. God bless you.